0: Welcome to the B2B Content Show, a podcast about the how, what, and why of B2B content marketing. I'm Jeremy Shearer, and my guest is Angela Wynn, VP of Marketing at NICE Healthcare. Hey, Angela, great to have you on the show.
1: Thank you so much, Jeremy. It's wonderful to be here, seriously.
0: Well, thank you. Thank you for being here. Really appreciate your time. So um, start by telling us a little bit about the company, about NICE.
1: So NICE Healthcare is an integrated healthcare solution, Right. And we take a whole body approach from primary care to labs, x-rays, prescriptions, all the way to physical therapy and mental health. like we really think about the three sixty kind of view of the person. What makes us different is like we take a preventative approach. It's not like we're just only addressing things there after the fact before problems get really aggravated downstream, and we do that with a blend of in person and digital care, so it does you know kind of work out in that like we can address a lot of things immediately via tech via like a a virtual appointment but the things that do need an in-person approach like we can do that as well the foundation of now of nice is like what knowing we know now about what the healthcare experience is what it looks like we've all been through if we had to hit the reset button and start from scratch like right now what would it look like and nice healthcare is basically the closest thing that it would look like knowing what you know now. And so we've taken, you know, really taken a very mindful approach of all of the pain points from accessibility, from affordability, from convenience, and try to solve for that. And I think we've done that very gracefully.
0: And now before we dive into our topic, tell us about a memorable marketing moment from your career.
1: Of course, I know you want to hear about the breadth of my experience. And I'm not only here as a you know, an Asian of nice, but the most memorable one I can think of, because I think just timing wise is we pulled off something really incredible recently. We have a partnership with the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, and we had this, you know, it was sort of like month in the making, this mental health panel, and event that we did with the Vikings and had these really crazy heavy industry heavyweights in the digital healthcare field, particularly within respect of the specialty of mental health. And even a football, like a a linebacker from the Minnesota Vikings. And we brought this kind of perspective, like four different perspectives together, had an incredible moderator. And basically with our audience was showing them how to level their benefits bench, showing them like if you invest in your employees, because we are a B2B business and we do cater to employers and their employees. If you invest in them in, with respect to their healthcare, mental health, physical therapy, just the whole person, and don't point solution it out, if you will, then you start to see benefits and the almost the not the loyalty, but just the willingness and like the want to stay. And yeah, that was a huge feat. It Is one of the I mean, I was telling you offline before here, like I'm going to wedding planning right now. It felt like I was planning my wedding. Like it was so brand right and I almost I was really stressed out and bringing that together was emotional for me because seeing the access that we being we just saw lots of light bulb moments come from the audience like oh yeah like and that to me is like when I will have done my job when I see physically on someone's face that there's a light bulb moment because of the work that we've done and so I think timing wise that's probably the one that comes to mind right now as like one of the, my memorable and career highlights, if you will, with respect to the work I've done in marketing.
0: Yeah, that sounds that sounds really cool to see it firsthand, see a human reaction. In a digital world, we don't always get that.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah, it was, it was actually, like it, it was a, a real life of, you know, people flew in for this thing. And to kind of ask that of people, especially after, you know, the time of COVID and whatnot, like it sort of much, even more meaningful in a way, like for them to show up for us, And really kind of meant a lot that we were worth the trouble.
0: Now, our topic today is building brand trust and getting people to change their minds, making change. So first, let's just start with, you know, building brand trust. What does that mean to you and why is it important?
1: I think that these days with access to you know marketing at your fingertips like anyone can technically market themselves or market a product or market a brand like you just digitally like via instagram like you can build something from nothing and so you know it's a it's a great thing because the access to bear you know the barrier is a little bit lower however it makes it a little more confusing for the consumer of like who to trust right like because now that they're like bombarded with choices and and like you know even as something as simple as finding something that like a physical product like a shoe or whatever but then it never comes because that brand isn't real like it just has the the stock imagery Mm -hmm. and it has like the right look of a brand but doesn't have like the carry-through and so building a brand that people can trust from start to finish is actually I think even more harder now than it was before because the access is easier and this market is just flooded and one you know having the documented Lived in mission to a company's North Star is like, be it the founder, be it the mission, something needs to be the North Star to kind of guide what the brand is in execution, right? And in real life, and pulling that audience in and making them feel safe, making them feel like they're investing their time, not in vain. Like, that is one of the biggest, I think, hurdles that we have as barrier number one.
0: So, that's interesting. So, you mentioned, you know, having a mission that really is kind of at the center of your brand or that kind of what your brand is about, like why that's, it's, it addresses that why, why does the company exist? Why are you, why are you, are you people doing this at all? Right. Why did the founder start the company? So in your case, how do you take that why that mission and infuse it into your marketing, into the content and into the outreach you do? So, you know, it's not just words on a website. It actually comes through in every interaction. How do you do that?
1: Sure. And I'd like to kind of preface this with like some I guess, background, if you will, and the reason why I am so mission driven and but not blindly mission driven. I'll get to that, to that in a little bit. I come from a fashion background, right? So I was working in this industry for many, many years, like about a decade or so. And when I made a very conscious decision to leave because it started to feel a bit empty and, I, you know, I think I had almost like an existential crisis, if you will. That's like, what am I doing to like better anything the world? What, whatever it may be. it may be. Like, I wasn't trying to get too lofty, but just starting with small steps. Like, I'm like, how am I even adding value? So I started to kind of pivot to mission driven things. Blah blah blah. I found myself in electric vehicle land, right? So work for Tesla and Canoe, and that is something that I'm very proud of. Like, just impact and the mission to better the world in this sustainable way. And I could have easily stayed in that. It's by kind of chance and coincidence that I co-founded a healthcare company myself back in the day while I was in school. It was about accessibility and convenience to care. And again, very pure coincidence. I met my co-founder in in an icebreaker in a classroom and we decided to just kind of go for it. And we kept winning money and we kept, you know, kept pitching and and winning more pitches. And we're like, like, I think we're onto something. And then cut to today. And I was actually really quite burnt out from healthcare and I didn't think I'd ever go back. But NICE drew me in specifically because of the co-founding team and specifically because of Thompson. And so, you know, although I've been from an area where, and this has nothing to do with my like my ex-bosses, I had wonderful ex-bosses and ex-leadership in fashion, but from like, let's say no impact, no quote mission, ricocheted all over to the other spectrum, impact and mission only- Right. And then didn't even care who the leader was. He has to happened to be Elon. But like, I mean, I truly was just sort of like, I just want to add value. I don't care who leads me, that this is what is the most important to me. Ricochet back to like, I want both. I want a great mission and I want a great leader. And I'm going to be selfish about it. And I'm going to wait out until I find that perfect mix. And I believe Nice Healthcare has that perfect mix. The co-founding team are... And how do I say this? But like just gentle souls who like want to do good and want to do well. And if you even look at Thompson's, like, you know, one of his credos, it's like the problem with healthcare is the price. Okay. So he, he's attacking the problem in a way that's with respect to price. And then we've got like, you know, Allison and Ginny, his other co founders are bringing in this sort of convenience. The accessibility, like, I mean, they all have this perspective about, like, what healthcare should look like. And I think really came from a drawing board perspective. That North Star to me is, I feel like it's a luxury that I can, I get in this, in my career. I feel it's a luxury. I get to choose to wait for a a company like this to work for.
0: One thing that says to me is that the, as we were talking about mission before, I mean, that's going to come from the leadership group. And, and again, for kind of like, what, what was their impulse to start this company? What are they trying to accomplish overall? And so the leadership is super important in, in that way. And, and it sounds like you found a really good place where you, you have both of those things that you were looking for, right? The strong leadership mixed with a strong mission. And it sounds like a, good, like a good place to work in that way. And so, and how does that, now, your role, of course, is in marketing, and so part of your job, right, is to help communicate all that to the outside world. But you can't just keep repeating like the mission statement over and over, right? Like you have to do all kind like all kinds of messaging and stuff like that. And I, I would think the 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 challenge for any marketer is to create all kinds of different content, but the through line always kind of comes back to that mission. Here's why we're bothering to do all this. Here's what we believe. And there are all kinds of different ways to do that. Like, What's been your approach? What what seems to work best for nice healthcare?
1: So what's interesting and in sort of, it's sort of a double-edged sword, is the digital healthcare space is increasingly getting more crowded. Now, some people mm-hmm. are like, oh gosh, it's competition. And for, for me, I embrace competition in that, like we're trying to do a thing. We're trying to like really change behaviors and show momentum, etc So what other players in the field means, it's an indicator, right? That we are on to something slash we're yep. doing we're like leading the charge and things and, and people are following suit. If you really take a look at the digital healthcare landscape in general, their most of them, their approach is to these very metropolis cities, if you will, like really like sexy cities, right? So like New York and LA. I live in LA. I don't think I'll ever get a chance to be a nice nice healthcare patient, unfortunately, but that's my reality, right? Just think of like just thriving metropolis cities where like you think, oh yeah, like I live in this luxury high rise and I've got concierge medicine things to, to it, like, you know, everything's at my fingertips. Our approach, one, we are a Minnesota based company, right? And so we do really care, it, it started from there and we started to surround to our kind of neighboring states within the Midwest. When we say accessibility, Yes, of course, we mean convenience and accessibility to, you know, Joe Schmo with like living in a luxury high-rise. But we really are also talking about, um, you know, a farmer in Idaho who, you know, may have different access to care than and than other communities, if if you will. And so, you know, that I think is an, a special approach that we kind of take. That's not the same as every other sort of person who's doing this. We pay attention to the flyover states. We pay attention to the territories that other competitors may not necessarily, they may overlook. And even when I, you know, I'm guilty of that myself, like I've, I've mainly lived in those types of cities. And when I co-founded my company before, I was thinking about me, myself, the patient and what that looked like. And I was thinking outside so much. And now I'm actually thinking, you know, Nice Healthcare is thinking about the messaging, of and the um, approach to the multitudes of territories, whether it's like language barriers, closed captioning, whether it's like how we even, do we even take a digital approach with them or do we go back to paper and billboards? Like what does, what does reaching them look like? And so that is one of the challenges that we face as a very, you know, relatively small marketing team that not everyone is. I mean, quite honestly, our patient audience is not all of us. It is people that we may not even necessarily think about in terms of your traditional archetype, like customer profile, when you kind of do that, you know, middle-aged man, tech giant, you know, like we've made those decks before, you know, and I know every marketer knows what I'm talking about, where you like just throw the demographics and psychographics together, and it's always like some. Silicon Valley startup guy. It's always some, you know, lawyer or, or whatever it may be. But like those archetypes are not like on paper are not all that we look at.
0: Right. So you need to get beyond the the archetypes and really get to know, well, who who are these people that we're trying to reach and help? And for you guys, it's both or correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's both like the the actual patients that will benefit ultimately, but it's also your customers, right? The companies that you're connect with and, and enable to offer this kind of healthcare. So it's not just one audience, but multiple.
1: We've got quite a few audiences. And I think that sometimes it's to B2B business framework that sometimes get lost. Like you don't think about the end customers so much because you're thinking about the sale. And then, you know, in the sale and the end customer could be there. There's like a Venn diagram, if you will. Like, yes, they could be the end user themselves, but it's not only, like they are, they're not only the end users. So, like, we really are, are, I think, getting better at segmenting on our audiences, curating different types of content for them, curating different ways to, you know, which channels are best to use for which audiences, et cetera. And it's only getting more sophisticated as we learn more.
0: Well, certainly, the more you know about those various audiences and and, and what really motivates them, right, what really drives them, then the better you're going to be at at delivering content that's going to connect. So, what would be your advice to marketing teams that kind of have a similar approach to you? And, you know, they, they, they say that really we have a really strong mission and we want to communicate that in, in a variety of ways to our audience or audiences. What's the sort of the single most important thing that teams like that need to concentrate on?
1: I think seeing it lived, like seeing a lived-in version or or like what success looks like or what a successful interaction or experience, you know, lived in, if you will, is probably the most powerful approach. Before, CEOs and founders, like they were so far away from the problem themselves. They were businessmen, businesswomen. They, They identified a problem, saw a gap in the marketplace found a solution, but they themselves may not have been the ideal audience, right? They might have just seen a gap or a business opportunity. I think if you're a founder or trying to do a thing with your business, if that mission, if that solution is very personal to you, your family, or community or whatnot, that makes it all the more powerful because it feels lived in. And you see that like, okay, this is not just a arbitrage or like a power play of trying to get profits you actually experience. you actually we we have some alignment and we are in however different we may be there is some realm where we are the same and if i can associate Mm -hmm. my problem to your problem then that's sort of half the battle
0: yeah right come come in some ways it all comes down to just having empathy understanding how other people think and feel
1: yeah, one of our company kind of tenants is, like, that empathy, that high EQ. And it goes internally and also externally. Like, that's something we kind of build into our DNA is um, the, yeah, the empathy component, the high EQ component. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so important when your business really relies on relationships, right? And going back to what we first talked about, building trust. And you, I think it's impossible to do that without understanding how other people think and, and what trust means to them, How what what will motivate them to trust you.
1: Yeah, it's so it's really crazy because people are so savvy these days that, you know, you can you can get funding and sort of deep a lot of people with just a really nice PowerPoint presentation, like a, a great speaker and a PowerPoint presentation goes a long way these days. And there's without proof of concept, without data, without, you know, an actual product market fit. And it's scary. It's really scary um, how far you can kind of take a ride.
0: Right. At least for a while.
1: But, you know, it's crazy how, you know, people are just so looking. I think think it has died down, but there was a point where people were just so, had follow for the next big thing. And they were just throwing caution to the wind to just, all right, you say that person's going to be the next we're like, I'm in, like, count me in, like, before it's too late. And I think they're getting a little bit more wise about that. But in the marketplace, you'll see, you know, everyone's trying to get their hustle.
0: Yep, for sure. Well, Angela, there's so much more we could uh, talk about on that score. But I don't want to keep you especially because listeners, I have to let you know, <laughs> and Angela, Angela's engaged to be married in about a month. And in fact, she was doing this interview from her bachelorette party taking time out of her special weekend with her friends <laughs> to do this interview. So thank you so much. Thanks for your time.
1: This was awesome, Jeremy. Thank you so much. I had a great time. And any other questions, feel free to, to you know pass my way.
0: Thank you again. Really great conversation. Really enjoyed.
1: Thank you. Can I mention our socials or mention where to find us?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Sure. So of course, MVP of marketing and at nice healthcare. Go nice healthcare for more information if we serve your area. On the, all the socials, it's nice healthcare, whether there might be an underscore here and there, but basically, nice healthcare on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera, and LinkedIn.
0: Okay. Thank you so much.
1: Thanks, Jeremy.
0: That's it for this episode of the B2B content show. You can subscribe anywhere you get podcasts on any podcast app. And while you're at it, you might as well give the show five stars and leave an over-the-top comment about how much you love the podcast. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or you know someone who you think would be a great guest, let us know. You can contact me at jeremy at Conversa.com. That's c-o-n-n-versa.com. The B2B content show is brought to you by Conversa Podcasting.